Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Boosting Your Financial IQ. Today I'm sitting here with Joyce Martyr. She is a licensed psychotherapist, entrepreneur, and the author of The Financial Mindset Fix. Joyce, welcome to the show. I'm really excited for today's episode. Me too, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. So today we're going to be talking about worth and specifically self-worth and then net worth. And since this is a financial podcast, let's tie those two things together because oftentimes, you know, I come across people and, you know, I'm guilty of it myself, but they derive their self-worth oftentimes based on their net worth. And and I don't know, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, but, you know, just to tee things up, I don't know if it's more of a male thing, you know, maybe it's just me because I'm speaking from a male's perspective, but, you know, like I feel like I'm responsible for providing for my family and, you know, and, and there's that responsibility and that weight there on my shoulders. So, you know, I remember back in the day when I was like launching my business or I was going down different paths and I wasn't performing super well at work, you know, it's easy to like translate it, that into my self-worth and think, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm a loser, I'm a failure. And obviously those, those things aren't true but I think we fall into that trap. So let's kick things off by, let me just ask you this, this first question, you know, how is it that people uh, typically tie their, their self-worth to their net worth? How do you see that being manifested out there in the world? Well, I noticed something really interesting as a psychotherapist, as my clients made progress in therapy, they started to earn more money. And I was really confused by it. Client after client was coming in, reporting raises and promotions and starting their own businesses. And I realized that it's because we're always working on people's underlying self-esteem or self-worth in therapy, even if we're treating depression, anxiety, addiction, relationship issues. And when we feel better about ourselves, we put ourselves out in the world differently with more confidence, more assertiveness. We're willing to expand our comfort zones and we negotiate. And there's a financial return And you're absolutely right that there are gender messages. So your example, I think a a lot of men could relate to that. There may be family beliefs and teachings, cultural beliefs that taught you that you are a breadwinner and part of your worth is in your earnings. And the research really shows that when we feel good on the inside, it manifests financially on the outside, but it does not work the other way around. So it doesn't work the other way around. So if... If I have a huge net worth, that doesn't translate into having a high self-worth. No, I really believe in the mind-body-spirit connection. And if you buy that, then our ego is our mind and our ego relates to our money and our money can come and go. We can lose it. We can earn a tremendous amount and it can disappear through a bad investment or a business failure but we are always worthy. And that is the deeper spiritual aspect or essence, our authentic self. And so when we know that we are worthy and deserving, that changes all our relationships and it has a financial impact in our business. Yeah. And and, and that's a great point. I mean, do you think Joyce though, there is some type of like pre-work, I guess, or precursor to earning more money and and having a higher net worth, meaning that, you know, do people have to do like the hard work to work on themselves, to build the confidence, to build the the mindsets, to build the skill sets, to build 
you know, the, whatever it is, the, whatever they're manifesting out there in the world, do you feel like there's some pre-work to be done that ultimately leads to a higher net worth? What are your thoughts? I do. I do. I think we all need to do our deeper psychological and spiritual work in order to cultivate our emotional intelligence and embrace our worth. Because if we don't do that, we may acquire wealth and then unconsciously push it away because Mm -hmm. we don't feel deserving on a deeper level. So we need to do the work. And that's a lot. What my book is, is it's a program to help us do the work on our psychology of money and our self-worth. So let's talk about your book. You know, I've I've written several books and it's a ton of work, right? You almost have to be crazy to write a book, but what, what was the, the idea behind your book? Like what's the, the, the general idea. And let's say somebody, they, they don't want to read or they don't have time or whatever. Give us just like the, the punch, like what, what's the main thing you want people to take away from your book? Well, my book is based on a talk that I've given called The Psychology of Success. And I've been giving that for 20 years across industries around the world. And it's really based on 12 mindsets that I've identified through 25 years of counseling that lead to holistic success, including financial prosperity. Mm -hmm. And those include presence, awareness, self-love, support, detachment, positivity, resilience, and more. So it's a step-by-step program that really explores your psychology of money, how your thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and relationships with money shape your financial reality. And the big takeaway is how to shift from scarcity to abundance. Mm -hmm. We're living during a time where a scarcity mindset can creep up with so much global uncertainty economically. And that kind of thinking through cognitive behavioral therapy impacts our emotions and our behaviors. So we want to reroute our thinking from fear-based to positive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's interesting, did you ever read the book? Uh, it's called The Millionaire Next Door. Did you ever read that book? You know, I have. It was, it's was. it been a long time, but yes. Time. I remember, and I, I kind of tell you, you know, the summary of the book, but the the one thing that I took away was in the beginning of the book, and I may totally mess up the details here, but in the beginning of the book, they wanted to bring a bunch of millionaires in to like interview them and to perform the research. And so they, they hosted this, like this meal, this lunch or dinner, whatever it is. And they had caviar and, you know, lobster tail and like all the fancy stuff. Right. And then they realized that a lot of the people that, that showed up, the millionaires, they weren't even like eating that stuff. They were going after like the French fries or like the chips and dip or whatever it was. And, you know, so then the book goes on to say, you know, a lot of the millionaires, the millionaire next door, you know, you, you wouldn't even know from an outsider's perspective that they had a ton of money because they're wearing like old sneakers, you know, maybe their shirts like a little stretched out in the collar, right. And they're driving an old beater car. Right. Yes. Um, but little do you know that they're sitting on, you know, 50 or a hundred million bucks and right. then contrast that with, I know there's a lot of people out there in the world that are like fake rich, right? They have, you know, a ton of debt. They're leveraged up to their eyeballs, but they're wearing the Gucci this or the Prada that, and they're driving around their fancy cars and they have this nice house, whatever it is, but they have a ton of debt. Like I work with a lot of people like that, right? Yes. So let's talk about that because 
you know, I think from like a self-worth standpoint, like obviously you want to present yourself well, right. To the world. Yes. You don't want to be like a you know, total frumpy person and, and look like a scumbag, but also there's like this balance between, you know, that and your self-worth. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying at all that if you wear nice clothes or you, you like Gucci or Prada that, you know, you're bad and you all have self-worth. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like you could be very successful and have that. And and that's fine. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, some people, they may use money to try to mask or to try to, you know, overcome some of their insecurities instead of really addressing the root problem that's causing a decline in their self-worth. If Does that make sense? What are your thoughts on that? It makes total sense. It's such a great question and you explained it very well. And yes, healthy self-worth, I always say, is in between diva and doormat. Mm-hmm. And dudes can be divas too. So sure. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's <me> sometimes. <laughs> so financially, the diva or divo, if you will, may live beyond their means. That's These are two sides of ego. So the inflated, grandiose, maybe narcissistic sense of self may be an overspender and live beyond their means. They may take huge financial risks. They may generate lawsuits because of being aggressive in their personalities and violating other people's boundaries. And then on the other end is the doormat who doesn't maybe advocate for themselves. They're under earners and do not set healthy boundaries in their relationships. Mm -hmm. And so in the middle is healthy self-esteem where we respect ourselves and we respect others and we manage the flow of money. Money is flow like the breath and love, it's energy and it needs to be spent and it needs to be saved and invested and there needs to be balance in there. Otherwise you can become kind of miserly Sometimes those millionaires next door, I've worked with clients who had hundreds of millions and they were concerned about the, you know, $15 they had to park to have a session with me. Exactly. It's irrational. Yeah, no. And and you're absolutely right because there's, there's both ends of the spectrum. And and, I mean, you don't want to be, you know, overly cheap, right. And, or just miss out on life. Like you're eating rice and beans, you're sitting on, you know, $10 million, you're not having experiences with your family because you're so worried about like saving every single penny. And then what you die with all this money, but yes. like also you don't want to live this life where you're just, you know, living, you know, frivolously spending every single thing that you have. And then you run out and then your 70 year old self is like pissed off at yourself. You know, your younger self, your 70 year old self's looking back and saying, what the heck were you doing in your thirties? Now I'm broke. Right. And I'm living in my kid's basement. Absolutely. So I think there's a balance. For sure. And the balance is is really rooted in financial self-care, you know, mm-hmm. treating yourself within your means and living your life and having experiences and enjoying your life and doing that in a way that's financially, fiscally conscious and responsible. Absolutely. So let, let's wrap up on this. What would you say to people who are struggling with that that disconnect, like disconnecting their self-worth and their net worth, like whether they're super successful or whether they're not successful at all, how do you decouple that? What are some tips that you can give to the audience where they can go out there and immediately execute on, on these types of insights? The number one tip is to practice mindfulness 
and apply it to your relationship with money. So mindfulness includes meditation, deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, connection to nature, and yoga, which is meditation with movement. When we practice mindfulness, we get out of our mind chatter and we can detach from our egos and connect with that deeper, higher, wiser self. And when we do that, we have equanimity, mental calmness, and clarity that helps us respond consciously to financial challenges rather than react emotionally emotionally or defensively. Sure. I love that. That's great. Joyce, we'll end here. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, you did a fantastic job and I'm excited to check out your book. Thank you so much, Steve. And for those of you who are listening, if you go to byfiq.com, which stands for Boosting Your Financial IQ, look under the guest page. You'll find Joyce Martyr. I'll have links there. I'll have her bio. I'll have information on her book. So you can, um, you can find that and you can buy that there. But yeah, Joyce, thanks for being on the show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And until next episode, take care of yourself. Cheers. Hey, real quick. If you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again.